All right, Alexander, let's uh, talk about what is going on in, uh, in the UK as you sit in, in the cold and in the darkness. Um, <laughs> and you'll explain. It's tied into to, to the video and everything going on in UK. I actually read a, a story um, that Sunak is approving, I think, another 150 or 250 to, to Ukraine. Is that true? Yeah, I believe, I believe it's I true. Wrong? Yeah, no, I don't think you've read it wrong. It's no. true. Yes. No, he has ordered, yeah, and, 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 he and has ordered an audit, whatever that means. Anyway. Okay, okay. And, and we have, uh, it's just on a side note, I talked about this in my, in my video I did today, but I thought this was interesting because we had this Guardian article about some sort of investigation into into uh, a house that the Tories would throw parties at. Liz Truss, yeah. I guess. I don't want to say the Tories. Liz Truss would throw parties there and they found traces of uh, of cocaine there, something like that. And the Guardian reported on this, but they didn't name names. They didn't want to yeah. name names. The reason I'm saying this is I found this article very interesting, very weird. And I thought to myself, huh, I wonder if this is like the uh the deep state of the uk kind of saying you know what uh don't don't stray away from the ukraine policy or anything like that sunak government no matter how hard things get because you know we've got we've got info on on you guys i don't know i just thought about that uh, i'm going into a little yeah. bit of a conspiracy theory there but no, you, you know when no. i see articles like that placed in the guardian i think to myself and then i see that more money's being given to ukraine i think to myself hmm Something, something strange may be going on here. Maybe not. Uh, Maybe uh, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, um, what's going on in the UK? <laughs> right. Well, let, 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 let me let me start with the last one because I think you're absolutely right. Actually, I mean, you might you know it might look be see a bit far fetched, but I'm going to say something. I mean, the amount of drugs, cocaine, and all that that you'll find at upper levels of British society. I mean. <laughs> If you if you search a house or a building where there's been a party, let's say you're going to find traces, inevitable. Um, you will also find, if you examine what's going on in the House of Commons, shall we say, an extraordinary amount of illicit sexual activity. I say illicit, people sleeping with each other who are perhaps not married, even though they are married, well, with with partners who are not that they're not married to even when they're married themselves so there, there is a this sort of thing goes on all the time nor nobody talks about it because people don't we all know it happens everybody knows it happens so that somebody now is planting stories about this in the media and telling us about these traces that were found that is more important and more interesting than the fact that those traces were found. If you look for it, you're bound to find it. So somebody went out and looked for it and found it, and then it spread it to the newspapers. Now, I don't myself know for a fact what agenda is being followed here, but if it is the agenda that you said, you know, don't stray from the path on Ukraine, it would not surprise me at all. So that's all I'm going to say about that, because obviously that's a developing story. But look, why am I in the dark? Why am I in the dark here in London? You know, the world city, the great capital, the former head of the empire, still the great financial center. The reason I'm in the dark is we've had a cold snap. There's articles all over the British media today 
and yesterday and the day before about how we're completely unprepared. We haven't put aside enough gas. There's not enough energy in our reserves. Our people who were in charge didn't anticipate that there might be a cold snap. So we've got all these problems, all these problems because the weather has turned cold. Now, there's a story circulating in my part of London that a pipe somewhere has burst because this is a water pipe. It froze. It damaged some electrical systems. That's caused power surges. Power surges have knocked out electricity systems in some houses, including mine. (laughs) The result is I've got, as I'm speaking at this moment, I've got very little power. I've just got enough of the internet. I've got no hot water. Um, and uh, many of my many of the rooms in my house are well. They got they got nothing at all. Now I don't want to say too much about myself. Just an illest explanation of why you see me in the dark. I've had to send my family away. They're staying away. I have to stay here because with the law and order situation in England as it is, you don't want to leave your house um, empty. And of course, I've kept my dogs and other things. So. Um, so that's that's the state of partly the state in London. We have strikes. There's strikes on the railways, strikes in the postal system. People are not sending Christmas cards as they did because there's no guarantee that the postal system will deliver them. So uh, postal workers, the health service is going on strike. Lots of parts of the National Health Service, nurses, people of this are going on strike. The fact is that economically, socioeconomically, Britain is in a very, very bad way. Living standards are falling. We've got a major fall in living standards. We've got a sense of a general malaise in the economy. The government is going to put up taxes. In April, the economic help people were given with their energy bills is going to be taken away. And people are under a lot of stress and the economy is under a huge amount of stress. And as we've discussed many times on this program, on these on this channel there is no response to this there is no plan on how to deal this with this from the political class the political system so the prime minister rishi sunak has become practically invisible he made one speech in you know the city of london the, the lord mayor's speech which we um has barely vanished without trace so the Prime Minister is invisible. So is the leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer. Even the British, even the Guardian, which normally supports the Labour Party, is now starting to criticise Keir Starmer and saying, what is his plan? What are his ideas? How is he going to solve these problems? And I can't help but think that he doesn't have any plan any more than the government does. And that 2023 is going to be a very, very difficult year for the people of Britain. Well, what what is their plan? I mean, someone must have some sort of plan somewhere. Oh, yeah, they have a plan. Whether it's Sunak or Stammer or somebody. Yeah. What is the plan? Oh, send more. Well, at the moment, the plan is uh, go on supplying weapons to Ukraine because that's the only thing they seem to be all in agreement about doing. Uh, There isn't a plan. Uh, 
I mean, they they are that when you look at what they say, it's you know restore confidence in Britain in the financial markets. Um, you know, give the impression that you know we're going to sort out our financing. The, you know the, the the government finances. We're going to return, in other words, to uh, the kind of austerity programs that David Cameron and George Osborne pursued when they were around and running things in Britain. So they're going to return to that, but that they don't have anything else. There's no sense of any greater economic plan. There's no sense of trying to forge trade agreements with other countries. Trying to um, take the advantages opportunities supposedly offered by brexit to you know give dynamism to the economy something which i thought they would do but they never have done johnson didn't do it sunak certainly doesn't seem likely he's going to do it so they're just chugging along even as everything around them slowly deteriorates which is what it's doing now we're a very rich country in britain britain is a rich country and we've got a long way to go before things really do finally fall apart but as you can see as my as you know my the lighting here is getting darker all the time um we are already going in a certain direction and unless some new personality, a Margaret Thatcher type figure, for example, suddenly appears, or a new political force, you know, Reform UK or something like that, breaks through. At the moment, it seems like we seem a bit like the Titanic, drifting ever so gradually, ever so slowly towards the iceberg with the captain asleep at the wheel. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, the Britain's a very rich country, but, you know, a collapse can happen very, very absolutely. quickly. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's just because just it's very wealthy, it doesn't mean that, that, that it can't, you know, absolutely. collapse in on itself very quickly. It seems that the impression that I get of Sunak is he's a no-show. Yes, yes. That's the impression I get. He's kind of disappeared and he's just, yes. like, yes. No. non-existent. He is. He's invisible. I mean, there is now, again, uh, growing talk that he's got until the spring. <laughs> and until, if he doesn't manage to pull things together in the spring, um, then there'll be, another, there'll be another coup. And the talk now is that they'll bring Boris back again, <laughs> which is quite a... I mean, it really would be bizarre if they were to do that. I mean, but it, it does show you how desperate the whole situation is becoming. Somebody made the point actually, um, that between 1979 and 2016, Britain had six prime ministers. From 79 to 2016, six prime ministers. Since 2016, since 2016, Britain has again had six prime ministers. <laughs> I mean, we, if, if, if Sunak goes, I mean, it will be, it will be a game of musical chairs. Uh, uh, and um, the article the same article said that it's well known that, uh, you know, in one of the traditional ways of checking whether somebody's having uh, dementia issues is to ask them in Britain, who is the prime minister? Apparently, a lot of doctors have given up doing that because, frankly, more and more people don't know who the prime minister is and don't care because the prime minister changes so often. And whoever takes over is, frankly, a person of little consequence. Uh, I have to ask this question, as I always do when we talk about the UK. Is there anyone in the government that understands that the first step 
to uh, bringing uh, the UK back from from the brink of collapse is to roll back the sanctions. And ha- are the people are the people in in the UK? Is there an understanding? Is there has there been a tipping point in the public and an understanding that you know what? The first step that we can take, the easiest step that we can take that can buy us some time and bring us and bring us back to a sense of uh, of uh, of stability is to roll back the sanctions, whether we like it or not. I mean, not, yeah. this is not about whether you're pro-Ukraine or pro-Russia or pro-Putin, anti-Putin. This is just common sense, practical stuff. You know, this is what we have to do. Sometimes life is about making hard decisions or decisions you don't want to uh, particularly make. But, you know, this is there a sense in in the public that, you know what, enough? Yes. Whatever my feelings are with, with this war and Ukraine and Zelensky, we have to, yes. we have to roll this thing back because otherwise we're, we're, we're crumbling. That, that feeling does indeed exist and it is getting stronger even though it still finds it very difficult to get articulated. But the one physical expression I've seen of the change in mood is that, well, when the war started, there were lots of Ukrainian flags in every window. Then as the months passed, they dwindled and now they vanished. I mean, in my part of London, I'm talking about my part of London, other parts of England I can't speak for, but in my part of London, there's only one, uh, you know, brave person who still has his Ukrainian flag out there. All the others have just gone. I mean, so that's that's a clear sign that people are becoming more disillusioned about this. And I, I've mentioned on various programs, a friend of mine, a very top lawyer who came along and he wanted to find a solution to the problem in Ukraine. And he said, why can't we have uh, um, a peace proposal that would grant autonomy to Donbass? <laughs> and I was, and was rather taken aback when I told him that there had actually been such a peace proposal. And it was the Minsk agreement and he'd never heard of it, which is interesting in itself and indicative of how the story about Ukraine has been covered here. But the very fact that he was talking about looking for a peace settlement, I mean, I think that's also indicative too. So there are, there are, there is that mood. And within the British political class, well, let's be straightforward. There are a lot of very, very clever people in the political class in Britain. And I suspect that many of them deep down know perfectly well that what you said is true, that you have to bring this thing to a stop. You have to come out and say this can't continue any longer. You have to be prepared to take on Biden. That shouldn't be a difficult thing to do. Take on Ursula, hardly a problem, given the problems that she's been having with the corruption scandals that are now swirling all through the European Parliament and the Corrupt Commission. Schultz looks like he might be prepared to come and give you support. The problem is, within the political class, they're scared. And they're scared of doing it. Well, you gave the reason yourself. You have all these little stories. Exactly. You have all these little stories being planted. So that's, that's, that's what the problem is. Now, sooner or later, something will break through. But I think it will come from outside the traditional political class. It's not going to come from the left, which is, after the Corbyn experience, absolutely scattered and demoralized. So it's going to have to come from someone on the right. And um, 
Farage is talking about coming back into politics. His party is polling quite strongly. I think next year we need to keep an eye on what they're going to do. All right. Any other final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Well, it's all very sad because, as I said, in 2016, I mean, you know, whatever your feelings about Brexit, it was a change. It was something that really did offer Britain an opportunity. And then we had the very long Brexit war, which we covered thoroughly on the Duran. And then we had a new government with a big majority given by the British people to make Brexit work. And they didn't make Brexit work. They got distracted. Prime Minister at the time got distracted, Boris Johnson got distracted, first by the pandemic and then by this Ukraine thing, which he seized on. And that opportunity has not only been lost, but we have Britain in a terrible way. And of course, and this is the other thing I'm going to finish on, all of those people who opposed Brexit from the outset, they're now going around saying, I told you so. <laughs> it's uh, all because of Brexit that we are in this terrible hole, whereas, of course, no real economic analysis that I have seen confirms that. Yeah, they're going to they're going to not talk about Ukraine and try to pin this all on Brexit. That's exactly what they're doing. That's that's the plan. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. And there are going to be a lot of people that buy it. Absolutely. Well, there are. Well, surprisingly it. enough, the polling has remained surprisingly stable on this issue. But I agree. In the end, there will be a lot of people who will buy it. All right. We'll end it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are also on Rockfin as well. And go to the Duran shop. 10% off, use the code GOODDAY. Take care.